Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks on Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host. And if you are new and don't know what Couch Talks is, it is the special bonus episode of You Need Therapy where I answer questions that you guys send to me and you can send those to Catherine at UniTherapyPodcast.com. And before we get into the episode, always like to give a quick reminder that although I'm answering your questions and I am a therapist, this does not serve as a replacement or substitute for any actual mental health services, although it's always a lot to help. Now, we usually do one question a week, and I like to keep them anonymous, so we're going to keep rolling with that theme. So here, I'm about to read the question, and then we're going to talk about it. Hey, Kat, I'm writing because I think a friend of mine is going through something that needs to be addressed, but I don't know if it's my place or if I'm overanalyzed something that isn't there. In a nutshell, I have a friend who also doubles as my gym partner. We both work out at the same studio and usually try to schedule classes together three to four times a week. Lately, she's been staying after our class to take the one after, and sometimes she even goes to a class before work and then meets me after work again. I love working out, and I do it regularly, but I have started to wonder if my friend is overdoing it, and if so, how do I address her seriously? The gym usually makes comments about how dedicated she is, and when she takes the class after the one we do together, the teacher will actually encourage people to stay for the second class. My fear is that this just gets worse and worse if she continues to be encouraged by the gym and I don't say anything about it. Does it sound like she might be overdoing it in your opinion? And if so, how do I talk to her about it? Okay, so I love that you're asking this question because you're really talking about exercise addiction and it's something that kind of gets the short end of the stick and is glamorized and not taken very seriously when it can either be a partner to an eating disorder or its own addiction on its own. And it can cause a lot of not just mental health issues, but physical health issues as well. And it's just something that we should look out for a lot. And in gyms, they really are encouraged. And I hate that. 
But this story doesn't really surprise me, especially about the part with the employees at the gym encouraging somebody to double or congratulating her on her dedication. Also, something that I thought of as I was reading that is, you know, you schedule those classes with her three to four times a week, but is she going on the days that you're not there as well? And how often is she doing that? And I mean, gyms even will do challenges with often it happens in in the beginning of the year, but it's a way to, you know, get business going and it'll be like whoever takes the most classes or you got to take every teacher. And so sometimes you have to take more than one class a day to get with that teacher. I know at one of the cycling studios I worked at, they did like whoever can ride the most miles in a month. And I'm like, oh, we really don't need to be doing that. (laughs) I get it. It's business. And at the same time, it's really hurting the members and the supporters of your business. So again, it doesn't surprise me, but I think it's something that we really have to take seriously. And I'm glad you wrote in about it. Now, if you were saying that every once in a while your friend was doubling or every once in a while she was doing that, it was like not every time you went, she was being congratulated about already being there or she was staying after. But if it was like every once in a blue moon, she took another class because let's say that this is a cycling studio. I don't know what kind of studio this is. Like a lot of times they do like theme rides and you might want to stay for that one because you like that musician or it's just something like that that wouldn't send red flags everywhere for me. However, just like eating disorders are, exercise addiction is progressive and these things kind of slowly start to get worse and worse. So your fear of it getting worse isn't crazy. It's right on track. And this sounds like it has progressed from when you first started working out with her. And again, you don't know what you don't know. So there could be more out there. And per usual, I can't give you direct advice or diagnose your friend or say she definitely has a problem because I really don't know. And this is from all I know hearsay. But what I can do is I can give you some information on what exercise addiction looks like, and then you can use that and apply it to this situation. So everybody, let's talk about the signs of exercise addiction. So first in general, people with an exercise addiction are driven by persistent, that's a big one, compulsion to work out. So they feel unable to not do it. They cannot resist it. And this can lead them to developing a tolerance and then maybe even needing more exercise to get the same result or whether that's physical or just mentally, you have to do more and go longer than you used to have to. And someone might start exercising normally, like it sounds like your friend, and then time goes by and they're running eight miles a day and then also going to the gym or taking three classes to get the same feeling or rush or whatever feeling you get when you're working out that you used to get from one. So that's a big one to look at, okay? That's the persistence and the compulsion and they cannot not do it. And that goes with they also can't cut back. So if they try to cut back, and this, as I'm saying it, it sounds like an alcoholic, right? Because an addiction is addiction. So if they try to cut back, they fail. They say, I'm only going to go once today. But then, you know, they end up signing up for that 530 class after work as well. And when exercise addiction comes into play, and it's not just exercise, like a healthy amount of exercise, the regimen that somebody has ends up having negative consequences that they either overlook or they rationalize which in a nutshell means what was once helpful is now harming them, just like any other addiction, right? But they ignore it or they justify it. So when somebody is struggling with exercise addiction, it also interferes with their normal life, right? And just functioning of their normal life. So that can include their ability to perform basic responsibilities, whether that's at work or within their family or friends, but also take care of their physical health. So people 
oftentimes will lose sleep because they're going to get up at crazy hours to make sure that they go to the gym every single day or or they're going to the gym really late to make sure they're doing it or they're putting off other things that they need to do to make sure they go to their classes and then they have to end up losing sleep to catch up on other things. Uh, maybe they're missing functions that they normally would be at, whether that's with friends or with family or again at work. And, and to them, again, they'll rationalize it and they'll overlook it. So they'll say things like, oh, I just really care about my health or, you know, this is just part of my lifestyle and this is important to me and the other stuff's not important to me. I know for myself, when I was really struggling with this in college, I actually skipped my last date party when I was a senior to drive home and run a half marathon. And when people were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're missing our last party together. I would say things like, you know, I don't really care about partying and running is what I really love to do. And that's more important than to me. And I would rather do that than go to a party. And yeah, to an extent that might be true that like partying wasn't my, you know, ride or die in college and it was my last party with all my college friends and it was like our big end of the year party and when I look back I'm like I could have run a half marathon at any time so again justifying rationalizing giving excuses another big one is people will limit where they go whether that's vacations or if it is they travel for work they will make sure that when they are traveling they are able to still get in their exercise regimen, make sure the hotel has a gym or they're within driving range of a gym or they're scheduling workouts and going to classes and driving maybe a long way to make sure they get a workout in while they're on vacation. They cannot relax. They cannot cut back. They cannot not do something. They can't take days off even when let go of vacation, even when they're sick or they're injured and they'll end up getting a lot of overuse injuries that they will ignore because they're continue to overuse and they don't allow their bodies to rest and allowing themselves to rest and allowing their muscles and their body to recover actually makes them irritable and anxious and can also cause depression. Something also to be mindful is that somebody who's struggling with this will, will think, and they really do believe this. So it's not like they're making the story up in their head, although, I mean, they kind of are because it's not true, but this really feels true to them, is that exercise is the only thing that can help them. It's the only thing that they can turn to when they are stressed, when they are feeling down, when they need to process something. Like exercise is the only thing that can help them. And this is a really big one because exercise is allowed to be a stress reliever. It's allowed to be a coping mechanism, but it can't be the only one. And we don't want our mood or our happiness or our ability to cope with life circumstances to be solely dictated by the outcome of a workout or the ability to work out. Or if our workouts are, like I said, outcome, if they're producing the effects that we want, whether that's body image wise or emotion wise, if we were able to hit whatever level or lift whatever weight. We need other abilities and other tools to help us cope with life circumstances and not just rely on one because we shouldn't be doing that every day. We shouldn't be doing that every time we are stressed or need something to help us calm down or process something or move through a hard emotion. Again, I'm a big believer in movement and exercise. I love it. So I never want to send the message that exercise can't help and be a tool that allows us to help ourselves both physically and mentally, but it cannot be the only thing that we turn to. There has to be some flexibility in that. And so that's a really, really big one. 
And with all the stuff that I just mentioned, these red flags don't necessarily mean somebody is addicted to exercise. This is more just an outline of universal symptoms that people who struggle with exercise addiction might have. These things can be indicators of a greater problem. So if you are seeing this in yourself, listening to this, if you're seeing this in your friend, I don't want you to oh, I'm going to diagnose myself with this or I'm going to diagnose my friend with this, but it's allowed to be an indicator that a problem might exist and I might need to check this out. And so for the listener that wrote in about this, I hear that you don't want to make just a throwaway comment that isn't taken seriously or you don't want it to sound like you don't care or that you are judging your friend, all of the things. You want to make sure that you're saying this in a way that can be received well and is heard with compassion. And one thing I would just put out there and, and and warn anybody in this position like the listener with is that when you show up and talk to a friend or a family member or a loved one who might be struggling with something like this if there really is a problem there it's high likelihood that you might be met with some defensiveness and so a lot of times and we've talked about this in the podcast recently because we're doing the four horsemen series a lot of times when we get met with defensiveness things kind of escalate and a larger conflict erupts. And something that is really helpful when we are with somebody who's showing up as really defensive is to roll with that, right? We were taught that in, in school, in grad school for therapy, this rolling with resistance. Rather than creating a fight and a power struggle, it's just rolling with it. Repeat what they say. If somebody says, no, I really don't have a problem. I just have been really enjoying the classes. Okay, well, I hear that you don't feel like you're exercising too much and I respect that and I trust you. So if I start to see it happen more often, I'm going to check in again. So you're not saying, no, you're wrong. You're doing it too much. You're saying, okay, I hear you. If I start to see this more, I'm going to check in just to make sure we're still on the same page. You roll with resistance. You don't say, no, you're wrong or you're lying to yourself or anything like that. That's not ever really fruitful in conversations, but you just roll with it. Okay. Well, I hear you saying this. Is that, is that what you're saying? Just kind of feedback what they're giving to you rather putting other words or accusing them of lying or something like that, because that's never really a way to get somebody to feel safe and, um, to eventually show up with something that they're really struggling with because this is a vulnerable thing. People don't develop exercise addiction for no reason. And there's always like this essence of a threat when somebody points out something like that, because for this person who's struggling, exercise is the one thing that in their minds helps them. And so when we say, Hey, you might be overusing that, that sends them like threat flags in their brain of like, no, you can't take this thing away from me. So you just, okay. I hear you. Well, let's just keep checking in about it because I know it can be something that's pretty easy to slip into and, and I've seen it in the past and, you know, gyms can, can kind of encourage that kind of behavior. So I want to make sure that you just feel like, um, the people around you are seeing you something really kind and smooth like that. So again, you can say something like, Hey, I've noticed you've been taking a lot of classes lately and I just want to check in with how you're feeling, or I just want to make sure you are allowing yourself to rest and recover too. How are you making sure you're, you're doing that? Or what are the things that you do to recover? Because, you know, sometimes I feel like I need some more tips too. So it becomes a dialogue and not this accusatory, like they're on trial. So I hope that helps. And I hope that you're able to have a fruitful conversation with your friend. And I know that I would appreciate that if a friend was checking in on me, even if it didn't feel good in the moment. 
because it's hard, even though when somebody's meeting us with love and care, sometimes it's hard when we're in a vulnerable position like that to, to know that that is what is being offered to us and not a threat. So love this question. Glad we got to revisit it. And if you have more questions about anything, again, you can send this to Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. You can follow me at cat.defada and at unitherapypodcast. And I hope you guys are having the day you need to have the rest day maybe that you need to have. And I will be back with you on Monday. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.